0: Um, I, I like to do this, uh, I like to start off by telling you, God's just faithful. Um, I said that last time I started preaching, and I feel like I'm starting out again, but I just have to tell you how faithful God is. So I want to tell you a story, um, again, um, and you might it might sound very familiar to the one I told you last time, uh, if you were here on, on Mother's Day. Um, okay, so I'll start from the beginning. Um, Carrie and I were living the American dream, you know, (laughs) both working full time and paying someone else to raise our kids. Um, so, and and Carrie was very unhappy in her job, um, about a year and a half ago, very unhappy, and it it was, it was bleeding into the home, um, and she was coming home every evening just not happy, and all we would do is talk about how unhappy she was at work, and, um, and actually came to a point where, Her job, in her job, they were asking her to do things that that she didn't feel comfortable doing, um, just ethically. And so, um, you know, we we talked it out. She decided that she was, um, you know, we were going to find another career path for her. Um, And she she is a real estate agent, and I said that on Mother's Day. Um, And I remember, you know, I I told you the story last time that it had come to a point in time where we were going to run out of money, And I could either write a tithe check or I could keep money and we could live. And we wrote that tithe check, trusting God. And what ended up happening was when Carrie quit the bank, she cashed in her 401k because she hadn't been there that long. And and we kind of needed the money to live on. Well, they messed up on the disbursement when she left. And they sent us that check like right after I wrote the tithe check. And so it was like God replenished that money. So that's what I told you on Mother's Day. Well, I may have mentioned on Mother's Day, I don't remember... But we were set to run out of money at the end of June. And I had told Carrie, I'm like, you better get a house under contract because we're going to run out of money. And, um, you know, it's easy just to say, you know, it's good if you rely on God, God will provide. Um, And, you know, (laughs) it's easy to say that. Um, and And it's easy to say... Yeah, so you just sit back and do nothing, and God's going to provide. And that's not what happens. Um, And God didn't do that with the Israelites, right? What God did with the Israelites was He said, I'm going to give you the land of promise. Here, go take it. You're going to have to fight for it. Um, Now, God is faithful, and God has blessed Carrie and I, but it isn't all, you know, sugar plums, right? I mean, there's a lot of sleepless nights. There's a lot of praying. um, There's a lot of fighting that takes place, but... It's just amazing because I have this like, real specific budget. Like you can ask me, I'll pull it up on my phone. And tell you what bills do when, when we have money, when we need to pull money from savings. Um, and we knew this going into Carrie's new career field that we would be deficit every month. So we had to get, you know, I might have to coach football and then put that in savings and then we draw from that each month. And so I knew that we were gonna run out of money at the end of, end of June. Well, this is not a lie. I would go to the mailbox every day expecting this check uh, for agreeing to, for someone to come student teach with me, so it was through the school. Um, I was waiting for this check, and Carrie and I just decided it's not coming, because every time I go to the mailbox, a bill would come, and this is, it's not a lie, a bill would come, and I was defeated every day, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this bill, our insurance like didn't cover anything for Eliza's birth, well they, had cl- they sent it to the wrong insurer, so You know, we took care of that one, and it was a roller coaster ride. Well, here, what had happened was a couple things happened. And this isn't a lie. Every check of anyone who ever owed us any money came on one day. And, like, Carrie calls me, she's like, I don't know, Ab, but there's like three checks in the mail. Um, God provides. It just happened one day. Um, You know, we paid too much to our doctor for. You know beforehand they said well it's going to be about $500 What well, was zero so they sent us that $500 back um, The money from agreeing to have a student teacher with me Came two and a half months later um, We had written it off that it wasn't going to happen But God knows your situation He's faithful And I'm standing here today We have food in our fridge Clothes on our back Gas in our tanks right And, and so I just you know Whatever your situation is, God is faithful, and I'm not standing here like on top of a mountain because I know the valley that Carrie and I just went through in the past month, and it was deep. And and there were times when I'm going, I don't know what's going to happen, you know. And and thankfully, we we have people we can go to and say, can we borrow money if we had to get to that point? But, you know, God is faithful, I mean, and he's been faithful time in and time out to Carrie and I. And I just want to share that with you, because if you're sitting there, and and a lot of times with us, because of our our decisions we've made in the past year or so, it tends to be money um, that that are mountains, Um, but whatever your mountain is, God is faithful, and that has absolutely nothing to do with the message tonight, but I just wanted to share that with you. Okay, so um, about a year and a half, almost two years ago, Carrie's grandpa passed away, Um, and after he passed away, we we're going through the house, and there was a stack of books, um, and one of them was the Bible, and, and it was this this Bible, um, and I like it because it's small, and it kind of reminds me of Don. I learned a lot from Carrie's grandpa. I'm probably going to get emotional. Um, I learned a lot from him. Uh, he was a very wise man and a very uh, godly man, and I learned a lot of of, of um, manly things from him. He's just full of wisdom and, and godly knowledge, and, and we would sit and have talks. And, and so it was special to me when I came across this Bible. I don't know if you ever used it. It was in a guest bedroom. But I took it, and I started reading it. It's a King James Version, and I actually don't own a King James Version. So I started reading this one. And as, as I've been reading through this Bible, I've noticed a word um, that's not in other texts. And that word is sojourn. Um, whenever you hear... In, the, um, in Genesis, they'll talk about Abraham sojourning, um, and it talks about it in Hebrews. And I would see this word time in and time out um, over and over and over again. Um, and to sojourn is to go in a foreign place, okay? Um, it's not your home. It's not your homeland. It's a temporary. It's a lot of times it's a traveler, okay? Um, and so I want a visual for you tonight uh, because we're all sojourners, okay? You've probably all seen this at one point in time in your life. Uh, it might not look like this. Maybe this is an illustration from your childhood. Uh, but you've seen the, the traveler, the person just passing through. They've got their, you know, all their luggage on their back. Might be on a stick like this. You might see the, um, the one gentleman who walks 40 who's got everything he owns. He walks from Zanesville to Cambridge and just sleeps um, in various places. Um, Sojourner, they're, they're passing through. It's not their home. They're, um, they're pilgrims. And church, that's what we are. We're pilgrims. Thank the Lord Jesus, this is not my home. Um, and you know, when I was 18 years old and out of high school and I was sitting in that corner, I didn't understand that. And it didn't take long <laughs> being out of college and then for the, the weight of the world to hit you. I am glad this is not my home. You know, uh, again, when I was back in that corner where Austin was sitting, I would go, well, I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want to buy a house. I want to experience that. Now that, you know, I'm, it's only been 10 years and I'm standing up here and I'm, I'm telling you, I am glad this is not my home. I love my wife dearly. I love my two daughters more than anything else. But I'm glad this is not it, church. Um, this is not our home. Uh, This is not all we have. And so, think of this picture. And there are times where I wish this is all I owned. You know, I wish that I just had a stick with a bag of clothes on the end of it, and I lived in the woods. Um, It would make life a lot easier. Um, But again, this is not our home. Um, We're pilgrims passing through, and I think we need reminded of that from time in and time out. Because we don't spend our lives like we're pilgrims. We don't spend our lives like we're sojourning, right? We don't act like we're passing through. We invest our time, our energy, and our money on things that are temporary. Is it not the truth? <clears throat> I, I mean, I, and I've told Carrie this time and time out, uh, it's not important for me to have a huge house and a beautiful home, and especially at the expense of my daughters. You know, like I want to spend time and invest in them and, and, and invest into their lives. And, and I don't want to have to work 190 hours a week just to pay for those things. Um, and, church, we don't act like that, um, especially in America. You know, um, we get so burnt out on the things of this world. And leaves so little time for God, because we, we're spending so much time trying to live that American dream. And I, I expressed to you earlier, you know, a year and a half ago, Carrie and I were. We were both working full-time, you know, paying someone else to raise our kids. Um, and sometimes it just makes me laugh, like the things that we choose to do as Americans, um, because we're passing through. Uh, we're spending time on the carnal and not investing into the eternal, which is where we need to spend our time. Um, so if you would open to First Chronicles 29, uh, t- uh, 15. Chronicles twenty nine fifteen, For we are strangers before thee, and sojourners, as w- were all our fathers. Our days on earth are as the shadow, and there is none abiding. Our days on earth are as the shadow. Church, it's temporary. You've heard it said that life is vapor. Um, we're sojourners. This is this is a temporary journey. This is not our end point. You know, people work their whole life for what? Uh, I, I work with uh, the other government teacher I work with. He gets so frustrated with the government. He's like, wait a second. I have to pay money on inheritance? You know, I've got to pay taxes on stuff I inherited from my parents? Or... Uh, You know, you have to pay estate taxes on on your parents because he was trying to figure out how to leave stuff for his kids. You can work your whole life and it's temporary. Um, And his other point was, and if I don't give it to my kids, they're going to use it to put me in a retirement home. Um, and, And that's, you work your whole life for what, right? You know, we're sojourners, church. We're passing through. We're strangers in this land. And we don't act like it. Uh, We commune with the world. We act just like the world. Um, We don't act like sojourners. And so I want to call you out tonight and encourage you to be a sojourner, to be a passer through, to live differently. Uh, Not to live like everyone else. Not to live like a normal American. Uh, And it's hard uh, because the world will tell you you need certain things. Carrie and I have a car payment. On a vehicle, how many days straight did that sit in our car in our uh, driveway, not driven? How long? Maybe two weeks. Didn't even drive it, and it was important to us when we bought it. We're like, we need this, and then it sat in our driveway (laughs) the past two weeks. We just didn't drive it. Um, The other car gets better gas mileage, and I'm like, why do we have a car payment? (laughs) Uh, because the world tells us that that's what we're supposed to do, right? Um, but we don't act like that. We 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 don't act like we're passing through. Um, if you will turn to First Peter, two eleven. Okay, First uh, Peter two eleven says, "Dearly beloved, I, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul." Um, I preached a couple months ago about putting on the full armor. We're in a battle with the flesh daily, uh, weekly, and we can't take a day off. Um, We need to act as pilgrims, as strangers, as sojourners passing through. Um, We have to be in that heavenly mindset, and it's hard. You know, when the alarm goes off at whatever time your alarm goes off, if you're older, I'm sure you're going to have to set an alarm, you just wake up. And you hit the ground running. Uh, it's starting to happen. I don't like it. <laughs> the birds wake me up in the morning, um, but you, you hit the ground running. And your mind from—I know for me, the mind—the the moment I wake up, my mind is going, getting to work, what I'm doing today, and it's on worldly things. Uh, and my job, I have to do that. You know, like I have to be prepared. I have to know what. You know, I can't just go in going. Oh, what am I going to do today? I don't, whatever the day brings. Um, you know, I have to be planned out. I have to have those plans. But it's all worldly, you know? Christy, how much greater of a teacher would we be if we woke up going, who am I going to invest to spiritually today? You know, and, and, and we don't do that. It, and it's because our mindset is in this world. It's not supernatural. And we have to live in the supernatural. We have to see the world through Jesus' eyes. And we have to start looking at things differently. And so I hope that tonight, it's a time for you uh, to say, yeah, I want to be a sojourner. I, and I think we need reminded of this every once in a while. Every once in a while, we just need kicked in the butt, you know. Hey, this isn't your home. Come on, get. You know, the, let's, let's go. Let's act, um, you know, like we're, we're living in the heavenly realms. And that we're investing in the heavenly realms. Um, so I'm going to read that again. First uh, Peter to 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, you are as strangers and pilgrims, okay? This isn't our home, okay? We're pilgrims, we're passing through. Uh, so, abstain from the fleshly lust. you know? We get into the battle of, you know, the, the carnal, uh, and, and we battle with, with our flesh. But this flesh isn't our end game, church. Our end game is heavenly, it's supernatural, so we have to be investing into that, you know. I uh, pastor is uh, the one, Remember the one time he had the rope up here. He had this really long rope, and he had a little bit of duct tape on the end. And he said, "This is your life." And how rid- ridiculous do we look, you know? This little piece of rope—that's where we spend all of our time and energy—and you've got the rest of that rope, which is eternity, um, that matters. Um, and I've also seen it demonstrated with if you. It, Uh, You'll remember the computer paper from, like, the 1980s uh, or, like, the early 1990s that was, like, an accordion paper. Okay. Uh, I've seen a demonstration where they they wrapped that all the way around a room. And so they had all this accordion paper all the way around the room. And the guy said, see, you spend your time on that one sheet of paper and you've got all this. And that's how ridiculous we look as Christians because we spend all our time, our focus, our energy... On the here and the now, and not on the eternal. Um, If you would turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to spend a lot of time in Matthew tonight. I hope that's okay. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 24. Okay, verse 19 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Now, I love um, World War II era stuff. I love it. Um, It's probably bad that I do, um, but I do. Um, Like, I love uniforms, I love old boxes, I love, uh, one of my friends just gave me, it's a Five foot by eight foot, 48 star flags, World War II era. And you can ask Carrie, my night was consumed when I got that. I'm like, I've got to preserve this. This is history. It needs to be taken care of. Um, But if you get a wool coat from World War II and a moth has gotten to it, it's not worth anything. Collectors don't want it. World War II reenactors don't want it. Nobody wants it, because the moth has gotten to it and destroyed it. Um, and, they, you know, they're 60, 70 years old now. Um, and their value is taken away. Now, what this scripture is telling us is not to store up our treasures and those things that the moth can destroy or that rust can destroy. Maybe your thing is you love cars. Well, if you love cars, I've got an old bucket of rust right now in my garage, and I'm trying to fix it. It's an uh, old Jeep. And it's rotted clear through uh, with uh, the body. And if I put my hope and my trust in that, it's going to fail my family really soon. Uh, I won't take my daughters in it. And that's why we're trying to fix it up. Um, because, if, you know, with worldly possessions, the rust eats it and the moths destroy it and it takes its value away. Our treasures, church, should be stored up. In heavenly things, okay? Now, you might be saying, okay, Chase, so what do I do? That means you need to invest your time in heavenly things. You know, if we would go to Matthew, I think it's uh, Matthew 25. I don't have it written down. Um, but Jesus says, uh, well, you have done unto the least of these my brothers you have done unto me. You know, if you see somebody who needs clothes, you see somebody who needs um, food, water, We're supposed to do that, right? Because Jesus has called us. Whatever you have done in the least of these, you have done unto me. And that's what we need to be doing, church. We need to be storing up our treasures in heaven. And again, you you might say, well, how do I do that, Chase? Well, the third quarter nursery schedule would be a good place to start. Um, But I'm being serious. That wasn't a stab. You need to be investing in heavenly things. You should be doing things for the kingdom of God. And I can't tell you what that is. Um, I can give you a list of things and a list of things that need done uh, or a list of places that might need help. uh, But church, that's where we need to be. Uh, It's good to see all of you here, but I would love to see you out in the streets on a Saturday morning passing out water to homeless people or um, volunteering at the furniture bank or at Christ's table or at the Salvation Army. That's where the church needs to be that's what we need to be doing. That's how you invest in uh, the heavenly. Uh, that's how you invest and store up your treasures in heaven. You know, if you spend all of your time and energy on worldly possessions, they're just going to be destroyed um, by, wrath or by, mo- uh, sorry, by moth or by rust. Uh, verse, I think we were on 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And that is so true. Um, I'm probably going to get myself in trouble. Um, but if Carrie asked me to do something, let's, I, th- we'll make this completely hypothetical. Um, so, let's say a group of guys want to play basketball. And, but Carrie has plans for her and I to go out on a date. And I say, well, I was going to play basketball tonight. And she says... Well, I really think it'd be nice for us to go out to dinner. And my heart was set on playing basketball and not on going out to dinner with my wife. If I go out to dinner with my wife, my mind might be on basketball, right? Wherever your heart is, you know, wherever your treasures are, there your heart will be also. And it could go the other way. Um, Just with men, it doesn't tend to. We're idiots. Um, You know, it could go the other way. Maybe... Um, Carrie said, you know what, you go play basketball And my heart was really with eating dinner with her So I wouldn't do very good at basketball that night Um, And I know that's a really stupid example But the point that I'm trying to make is Where your treasure is, what's important to you That's where you're going to spend your time If your job is important to you You're going to spend a lot of extra time on it If your family is important to you That's where you'll spend your time If your relationship with God is important to you That's where you're going to spend your time And so, church, wherever your heart is, wherever your uh, treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. You're going to spend your time and energy in it. Um, And my brother actually told me something really wise when I first got married. He said, Chase, you can only do two things in this world good, uh, really well. He said, you can be good at your job, be a good husband um, and and father. Or you could be good at your job and really good at golf. He said, but if you want to be a good father and you want to be a good husband... You can't be really good at golf, because you can't spend time doing it. Um, And that was really wise words from my brother. um, And and I stick to those things. You know, like, I I like to golf, but I'm not that good at it, because I can't spend enough time there. Um, But I'm a better father and a better husband because of it. And so, again, just another stupid example, but wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. And so, check yourself sometime. Maybe, maybe you do need to sit down and write down, how much time did I spend with my family or with God? And, and make a list. And see how much, see where your heart is. Because uh, where you're going to spend your time, that's where your heart's going to be. Um, 22. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body, body shall be full of light. But if thine, eye, if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be dark. Uh, Sorry, shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for he either will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold on to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and Mammon. And so the point ultimately is, church, um, you can have your treasures here on earth, but that's it. You can't serve God also. Uh, we have to invest in the heavenly places. Okay, we have to put our time, our effort, our energy in things that are heavenly. Um, and I think this is something that God's been showing me over the past couple months because there's things that that I like to do, um, and there are things that sometimes I say I need to do, um, but they take away from what I can do here at the church, what I can, how I can help, uh, whether it's deliver the word or help rot out with with music and. There's things that pull me away from doing things for God. And although they may not be evil things, they steal my heart. Do you understand? And so this is something God's showing me. It's, I'm not, you know, tracking down on you. Um, and Pastor will be the first to tell you, a lot of times if we're preaching something from up here, God's dealing with it in here. Um, and so th- this is something that God's been showing me. You know, I, I can't make my treasures football, you know. I've been coaching football for the past three years, and I can't make it my treasure. You know, that can't be where my heart is, because it takes me away from uh, doing things for God. Verse 25, now this is, this is something, um, and I read this years ago, and if we could get this, if we could get this church, it'll revolutionize, it will change our lives. The problem is, tomorrow we'll wake up and we'll go about our day just the same. Okay? But think about this scripture. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, and what shall uh, nor yet your body, uh, for what you should put on. So close. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than a raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air. So Jesus is saying, don't worry about eating, don't worry about clothes, uh, don't worry about, you know, your daily needs. Give no thought for tomorrow, because behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, and, and ye not much better than they. So he's saying, Jesus is saying, look at the fowls of the air. They don't plant seeds they don't go out and reap the seeds that they've sown. They don't store barns full of food. And look how plenty they are. They've got lots of food. They're, they're fine. And and this is where Carrie and I were a month ago, and I said, Carrie, look at the birds in the air. Look at the lilies in the valley, right? They're clothed in splendor. How much more does God care about us? We'll be fine. I said that one day, and the next day, I went, oh my gosh, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, but that's how that's the flesh and we we war against that flesh and if you don't believe me you can ask carrie i had a meltdown like a week ago and uh but it's funny because two weeks ago i i was like telling her this scripture and then then a week later you know i wasn't feeding it to myself you know And, and it's we have to live in this church we have to when we try and do it on our own strength that's when we go crazy uh, it's, it's when we drive ourselves insane. That's when we, we, we have our breakdowns. We have to live in the word of God. Um, this is our hope. This is our, um, it's our truth. Um, 27. Which of you by taking thought can have one cubit to his, unto his stature? And it's so true. A lot of the stuff that we worry about church we can't even change. Uh, we can do nothing about. Um, I think they say 80% what do you think about doesn't ever happen. Um, you know, 80% of the things that you worry about don't even happen. Um, and it's so true. We, we sit there and we worry and we add stress to our lives and, and, and we freak out not trusting in God um, when we should just be believing in him that he's going to take care of us. He takes care of the birds in the air. He takes care of the flowers. Why wouldn't he take care of us? And as the scripture says in 27, can any of you add one cubit to your stature by thinking about it? We, we can't solve our problems by thinking about it. Uh, it doesn't solve anything. And I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm, a, I'm the thinker. I'm the one that tosses and turns all night because I'm like, oh my gosh, how are we going to solve this problem? Um, and half the time, those problems don't even happen. Um, and so, again, it just goes back to where's your heart? You know, when our heart is in earthly things, when it's in... The house or the car or you know those earthly things, well, it's going to keep us awake at night. We're going to be worrying. We're going to be stressing. We're going to be, but when we're thinking in the heavenly and we're investing in the heavenly, we know that our heavenly Father is going to take care of us. Uh, Twenty-eight. And why why take ye thought for the remnant, uh, the raiment? Sorry. Consider ye the lilies of the field and how they grow and they twill not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which, is, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? And so church, you know, if you're sitting here and, and, and you're like Carrier and I, were were a month ago, um, wondering, you know, what's gonna happen? Is God gonna take care of us? How much more does God care about you than he does the lilies? And how much more does he care about you than the birds of the air? And that doesn't mean you sit down, you put your feet back, and you do nothing. And you just wait for God to take care of it. It takes prayer. It takes um, your energy needs to be spent in heavenly things and warring against the enemy. Um, and it's not fun being in the valley. Uh, but that's where God teaches you things and shows you things. Um, it gives you that gravel in your guts that, that we've talked about so much in, in the past few months. <clears throat> if you would turn to uh, Matthew chapter thirteen, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Uh, Matthew chapter thirteen, verse forty-four through forty-six. And Jesus said, "And again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, and which m- when a man Hath found he hitteth, and for the joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. And so this guy he goes, and he finds a treasure in a field, and he buries it. Okay, he buries it in that field, and he takes all of his possessions, everything in that he owns, uh, could be a house, could be a car, could be anything that he owns, all of his possessions. Uh, it doesn't specify, but he stole, he sold all of his possessions. And he went and bought that field. Now talk about somebody who's crazy, right? And what Jesus is expressing is how we're supposed to be towards him, okay? And the kingdom of heaven. You know, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven was like a man. Okay, so that's how our, our relationship is. is. That is that how crazy your relationship with, is with Jesus? Is that what people would say about you? You know, like, wow. That Chase roster. he's so crazy about God that he sold everything he had to invest into the kingdom of God. Um, I'm not there. Man, I would love to be there. I would love to have that much faith, knowing that I could get rid of everything, and God will take care of me. Um, but that's how precious that treasure was. And I don't know that we we get it, you know? Um, I don't think we get the sacrifice that Jesus made. I don't think we get salvation. I don't think we. Uh, maybe it's not that we don't get it. But we just. We go on and get caught up in, in, in the ways of the, the world. And, and, and in the daily grind. And it's hard you know. Uh, it's hard as Christians. Because we're supposed to be different. Um, and be in the world. But not of the world. Um, but if we if we truly got it. We would. We would give up everything for that for that treasure. And the next part is, is I, I love, the pearl of greatest price. Uh, 46. Sorry, 45. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant, a merchant man seeking god, uh, goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, do we value a relationship with God, the kingdom of God, that much? Um, I don't think we do. If we did, people would would be coming to us in, 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 uh, just in packs, wanting to know what the heck is different about us. You know, have we sold out that much for God? Uh, a while back, Uncle Bruce and I were talking and, what we were talking about was one of, one of my uncles, one of his brothers, and I was saying, I think he's close. I just, we've been praying for him for all of my life. Um, and I said, you know, I just, I just look at 20 years ago, and, you know, 10 years ago, and five years ago, and he's getting softer uh, to the things of God, and I, you know, I just feel like he's getting closer. And what Uncle Bruce said, he said, you know, the thing that breaks my heart is this. And he, he looked and turned to the church, and, and people were praying. He's like, this is what they're missing. Like, they don't get it. They're missing the kingdom of God. They're missing this fellowship that we have, uh, the relationships that we have, the, the, um, you know, the bonds that we have inside of a church. He's like, and they're, they're family, but I feel closer with, with some of you than I do with family. And that's what they're missing and and that was an that was eye opening to me, church, because that's like the pearl of greatest price, is this this body, the kingdom of heaven, us working together. It's it's invaluable, and we miss that. You know, we miss that we're not there for each other. Uh, so you know, you might think, well, it's just a Sunday night. I shouldn't. I don't have to be there. But that's the part of the pearl of greatest price is us coming together. Being there for each other, praying for each other, supporting each other up. Um, and we, we need to. That's, that's part of investing in the kingdom. It's not just for you. We have a very self centered feeling in the church. You know, like I go to church for me. And I've talked with, uh, you know, through the years with many um, young adults who have gotten out of, of youth and, and, and they're like making that transitioning period and they're going. Yeah, I don't have to be there every Sunday night or every Sunday morning. And I'm going, see, they're coming to church for them. They're missing it. You know, every joint supplies. Right? You you come to church to hold up your brother next to you. Sometimes they might be relying on your smile. Um, And that's all part of that pearl of greatest price. Um, You know, if we understood the value of the kingdom of heaven... We would do everything all the time for the kingdom of heaven, right? But I know for me, I spend 90% of my time on that which is going to be destroyed, right? My job, fixing up the yard, the house, whatever it might be. That's where we spend our time. We spend our time so much on the carnal uh, and not enough on the eternal. Um. If you turn to Luke chapter 9, verse 57, it says, And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a centurion man said unto them, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou go. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. And he said, Lord, suffer me first. To go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him. Let the dead bury the dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. I'm going to stop there. We'll we'll continue on. I love my family. Uh, Got to spend the afternoon with my family. Uh, I love my family. uh, Dearly. Yesterday we were at my in-laws. I love my in-laws dearly. Carrie and I have made it a point. that, That family is important to us. You know. My brother asked me on Friday, and I vowed a while ago that anytime my brother asked me to do something, I was going to do it. Um, so if he wants to go kayaking, I'm going to go. And I told Gary that. I said I, th- I feel like that's part of um, ministering to my brother is being there whenever he wants. Uh, you know, his brother there. I need to be there. And I love my family. Now think about this. Think about the scripture. This guy says to Jesus, well, Jesus says, follow me. And he says, well, first let me go bury, you know, let me go bury uh, my dead. So imagine a family member dies, and Jesus asks you to follow him. And you don't get to go bury your, your loved one first. Do we have that dedication to the kingdom? You know, he says, go out and preach the gospel. You know, go out and preach the kingdom. Do we have that dedication to the kingdom? I don't. I I don't have that dedication. I know that. I don't have that in me. Um, But that's how much greater the kingdom of heaven is than our family. Like, I love that connection that I have with my family, the time I spend with them. And that's how much more, you know, it's greater than that. The kingdom of heaven is greater than that. And we're still investing in the carnal, in the here and the now. Like, we don't get it, do we? The kingdom of heaven is greater than your family. Like, we still don't get it. Um, 61. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go uh, bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Yeah, he's right. Think about that. You know, this guy wanted... He said, yeah, I'll follow you, but let me go, say goodbye to my family. And Jesus said, no. (laughs) No one who has put his hand to the plow and looked back is fit for the kingdom of God. I can't can't stress to you how much I love my family. And that's how much more the kingdom of God is. And we still don't get it. We still wouldn't. I mean, I preached on Mother's Day I preached today. And I'm going to preach on July 6th, which is July 4th weekend, and I want to preach on Labor Day weekend. I I see what happens on Sunday nights on holiday weekends, right? Like, (laughs) it's nothing against me, but I see what happens, right? But where, where, where are people? They're with their family because spending time with family is important. But again, it's greater to spend time investing into the kingdom of god right and carrie and i made a vow that that we would not stop when we had kids we wouldn't stop doing things for the kingdom of god now i will say things have slowed down we don't go uh, volunteer certain places as much as we used to and we want to get back into that and and it's just you know you get overwhelmed but what i want to do with my girls is i want to teach them to serve in the kingdom of god that's where I want to do my family time. I want to, I want to spend time together with them, maybe serving the homeless. Uh, maybe helping people at the pregnancy distress center. That's, I, want to see, I want them to see the kingdom of God at work. And that's what we need to be ch- doing, church, is investing in the kingdom. Um, and again, you need to pray where you, you know, God has you to invest. But there are lots of places... Uh, Doris Dew, pastor said this morning Just used to write letters of encouragement That was her place investing in the kingdom And so whatever God places on your heart To invest in the kingdom That's where you need to go And you can't look back You can't say, well, I'll do it God But I'm going to reserve Saturday mornings for my family You've got to put your hands to the plow And go with it Just dig into it Um, Matthew 19 I know this feels like a lot of scripture But I'm almost done. Matthew 19, verse 16. You know this story. This is the story of the rich young man. Uh, And behold, one came to him and said unto him, uh, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou, thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And he, and he saith unto him, which, which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, Thou shalt not commit adultery, And thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not b- bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mo- mother, And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man said unto him, All these things have I kept, From my youth up, what lack I yet? And Jesus said unto him, if thou will be perfect, go and sell, sell all that thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Um, and it's just amazing to me what Jesus asked him to do. Um, he asked him, he was rich, and he asked him, sell everything that you have. Give it to the poor, and come and follow me. And let's go back to the scripture before, what this rich, rich young uh, man couldn't see past was that jesus is the provider you know he he would provide the food he would provide the shelter um you know and he couldn't see past that he couldn't see past giving everything up well if i sell everything then how can i live and so uh, so often we get stuck in the carnal and you might feel god pressing you to do something and you try and rationalize it in your mind you know why would I sell my house, God? Then I would have no, no place to live. Why would I do this? Then I would have, you know, and why would I quit my job? Then I would have no food. Um, and, and so we try and rationalize things or Americanize things. Um, when God calls us to do things, and he asked this rich young ruler to sell everything that he had and give it to the poor and come follow him. See, in our, in our carnal, what we say is, well, he has to give everything up. He's gaining following Jesus, right? He's gaining living in the kingdom. How many of you would do anything to be one of the 12 that followed Jesus around through his whole ministry? I mean, uh, that would have been awesome. And he was given this opportunity to follow Jesus, to be one of Jesus' sidekicks. But he had to give up everything to do it. And we don't want to. We're not willing to. And I'm guilty, you know, when I say we're, I'm including myself. We're not willing to give up um, the carnal things to go further with God. And so, if God's trying to kick you tonight, let him kick you, okay? Um, Because he wants to use you, he wants to use you in his kingdom. Sometimes he has to weed out, um, you know, some of those carnal things, whether it's a job, whatever it might be. For, you, for him to use you. Um, continuing on. Uh, what scripture do we leave off for? 22. Uh, when the young man heard that saying. He went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. Then Jesus said unto his disciples. Verily I say unto you. That a rich man shall hardly enter in the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God when the disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who, who then can be saved? But Jesus uh, beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And we're just going back to the thing that, that God, through God, all things are possible. And we still don't buy into this. You know, I still have doubt in my mind. Even though it's been a year and God has like. If I would show you on paper, things don't add up. Every month, things don't add up. It's been over a year, and God has never ceased to provide for Carrie and I. Okay, Never ceased. And it's not like people are supporting us. God is providing money from places that we wouldn't expect it. With God, all things are possible. Um, And it was one of those things. We had to step out in faith. We felt like God telling us to do this. We took that step of faith, and God has provided because with God, all things are possible. And so you might be sitting there tonight, and you might be on the verge of something going, maybe I should do this, maybe I feel like God telling me to do this. But you have doubt, or you're trying to rationalize it in your mind, you're trying to figure out if the numbers add up. Well, let me tell you, God provides all the time when the numbers don't add up. Because with God, all things are possible. Okay, Don't get caught up um, in your, your things that the wrath and must... Or, sorry. The rust and moth destroy because those are the things that pass away. Okay, invest in God. Spend your time investing in God. Spend your time doing things for the kingdom of God. Um, and I'm going to end with this um, passage of scripture, Matthew chapter seven, uh, verse thirteen. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many uh, there be which go. <clears throat> many there be in which go, um, and when you stop when you stop and look at that, okay, narrow is the, the gate that that leads to eternity. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and many there be that find that one. Um, so if you're doing things the way everyone else is doing, you know that's probably what God isn't calling us to do, church. You know, um, and, and I've heard if you've ever listened to Dave Ramsey, he says, um, sometimes you have to live like no one else now so you can live like no one else later. So you have to do uncommon things to do things better for yourself later. So, um, you know, it might be cool to have a car payment now, but if you would forego that, maybe you could pay cash for a car later. Um, well, these things, it's the same thing in the kingdom of God. Um, we're storing up our treasures now in heaven rather than storing up our treasures in earth. The world might look at us like we're crazy because um, we don't spend like they do, we don't act like they do, we don't um, party like they do um, because we volunteer, because we give our money to charity, because we do things that are investing into the kingdom of God. But that's because we're living like no one else now, so we can live like no one else later, in eternity. Does that make sense? And that's the narrow path, okay? It's different. People look at you differently when, when you do things for the kingdom of God. People look at you differently when, when you do things that aren't common. Um, and the world would look at these things differently. Um, okay, continuing on. Um, Okay, so 13, Enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, uh, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, uh, and many there be which go in. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets, which come in sheep's clothing, uh, but inwardly they are ra- uh, ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns and figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So church, we should have good fruit. Uh, The world should look at us and see that we're different. Uh, And I said earlier, you know, if we were so crazy as to sell everything and invest it into the kingdom of God... You know, our lives, our time, our energy, people would just be flocking to us, wanting to know why we're so different, and why we don't live like the rest of the world. Um, And our fruit should be the same way. Uh, The world should be looking at us and going, that guy's actions are different. The way he reacts to people with a soft answer, uh, they should be seeing the fruit of Jesus Christ in our lives. They should be seeing the fruits of the Spirit in our life. Um, every tree that bringeth forth good fruit is uh, hewn, hewn down hewn down. Sorry, um, and cast in the fire. Wherefore, uh, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me ye that work iniquity. And this scripture scares me. Um, and I think so many times we just pass over it. Those are people in the church. Those are people who spend time in the church, who appear in sheep's clothing, but are beneath the, the uh, are, are ravenous wolves. Um, and they're convinced that they're okay. Um, it always scares me, um, which I think is a good thing, right? We should read that, and it should be, we should be happy that it scares us, uh, like because uh, we're checking ourselves with God. Um, <clears throat> 23, and then I will profess unto them, uh, I never knew you, depart from me ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doth... Uh, and does them, uh, I will liken him to the wise man which built his house upon the rock. And this is where I want to end. Um, where are you building your foundation, church? Because you can build your foundation on the rock, or you can build it on the sand. Um, your foundation um, can be made of stone. And when the storms come, which they will... Uh, your house will stand strong, or it could be on the sand, uh, and when the storms come, everything will crumble. Um, And therefore, whosoever heareth these things, uh, these sayings of mine, and doth them, I will liken him to a wise man, which built his house upon the rock. And the rain descendeth, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. And church, the storms will come. If you invest in the carnal, and you spend your time in the carnal, and you spend your time on fleshly things, when the storms come, you'll get caught up in the whirlwind. But if you invest in the spiritual, you spend your time in this word, and you spend your time praying, and you spend your time seeking, and you spend your time um, doing things for the kingdom of God, when the storms come, you'll be like the house that's built upon the rock. Um, Twenty-six. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and does not, uh, and dust them not, shall liken a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell. And great was it the fall of it. And church, that's what happens when we invest in the here, and the now, and in the things of this world. When the storms come, we fall, we collapse. So I want to encourage you. I, want, uh, I, I just want to um, you tell you, if, if you're at a point in your life and, and God is telling you to do something, step out in faith and do it. Um, invest in the kingdom. Um, if, if there's a ministry that you want to get involved with, um, get involved. Step up. Do the workings of your father. Um, let your fruit come and bear good fruit or your tree bear good fruit. Um, we need to be um, investing our time in the spiritual things. And that's for me, <laughs> because it's so easy to get caught up in the, you know, the day-to-day grind, the get up, go to work, come home, see your family, make dinner, go to bed, start over tomorrow. And I'm glad that's not it. You know? That's not all we have in this world. So we're going to play some music. Uh, just pray. Ask God um, you what you can do to invest in the kingdom. Uh, where can you be used?